Hello there, and welcome <laughs> to Air Yards. This is a football podcast for people who are drunk like myself and are sitting at the bar. So, we're going to talk about some football. I'm not sitting at the bar, I'm sitting in front of my computer, but I do have a drink. So, you know what? I feel with those people. I am your co or host and co-host, Brandon Kwok, here with my co-host, Ethan Lee. I was not expecting this. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. And we are just tickled pink to be ready for season two of Air Yards and the 2019 season of the NFL, which is legitimately 16 days away. 16 days from this recording, Packers versus Bears in Chicago. I'll be watching it. I'll probably be tweeting it live. My Twitter account will go back active because I know I've been a little bit dormant, and it'll be great. Will you be uh, as drunk as you are now, or like... Buddy, it's going to be a Thursday night game. Of course, I'm going to be a little bit tipsy. I'm not saying I'm drunk. Very good. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Important distinction. Yeah. So, how you doing? Um, I'm alright. I'm getting a bit of a kind of cold, so that's... Uh, less than fun is that you know peak kind of change in the temperature between summer and kind of fall that like quick sharp uh, deterioration. Um, I'm busy at work because I'm going to Edinburgh for a few days next week, so trying to clear my plate. So it's uh you know you have to grind one week so you can take it easy the next. How about you? So before we get into Edinburgh, wait, it's already turning into fall in Ireland. Yay. I'm staring out my window at very green trees, and it's the middle of August, so you'll have to forgive oh, me if this is new. Leaves are starting to depart the trees. They're just starting, but um, yeah, like you can kind of see them on the ground and crunch and, them if you want. And I thought Wisconsin had a short summer. Damn, that is a bummer. Yeah, it's uh, unpleasant, but it's just kind of par for the course, one of the things you have to deal with. So I, I do need to ask this. Are pumpkin spice lattes as big in Ireland as they are apparently in the U.S.? No. I mean, like you know, you can get them at like a Starbucks, but you'd be doing well to really get them anywhere else. So this is just a white girl thing here. Like that is just the – you want to stereotype a, a white bitch in America. You buy a flannel, you tie it around your waist, you wear some black leggings, a white shirt, and you get a pumpkin spice latte. That's what I've uh, been kind of led to believe, at least. All right, so uh, all y'all with, with with girlfriends, that that's your yeah, that's your costume of choice there. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so, that's, 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 we'll on. How are you? Um, why are you so uh, animated? We'll say. Okay, so first of all, uh, I did have a work event and decided to roll that into. Uh, recording the podcast because we we always coin ourselves as people who like to sit at the bar and talk with friends and quite frankly part of sitting at the bar for anywhere in the world is drinking and that has not been a very high key part of our show up until right now and I feel like we should kind of change that or at least for right now yeah, definitely not to this extent. You're uh, kind of you're breaking new ground. You're the yeah, I mean, uh, Neil Armstrong of podcast world. Well, that's very flattering. Thank you. No, but also <laughs> we are, uh, as you said last week, we are going through the NFC North. Spoiler. And for those of you who understand me and know me, 
that is my division. I got this. So I figured what's more Wisconsin than having a couple of brandy old fashions and talking so much regards about the Packers that it makes zero sense. Okay, this is going to be a long podcast. I'd say strap in, folks. No, I, it's not going to be long. I'm just going to... I will hear no no ill regard to what's going on with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Just They are the, the dream duo, and nothing can make them not win 16 games this year. <laughs> okay, I look forward to uh, that one-sided discussion. All right. <laughs> so, um, before we do get into football stuff, though, uh, we, let, let's talk about some critics stuff. Like, what have you seen this past week? Um, I've actually spent like the last week or two just gorging on all the kind of extraneous football content, like Hard Knocks, Last Chance You on Netflix, that like QB One show with like the high school quarterbacks. It's just you know, kind of really gearing up for football to be well and truly back. Just kind of watching any and all bullshit fly-on-the-wall documentary football content I can get. Are you that starved for football? No, I, but I, I just I, really I, enjoy the shows. Really? Okay, so I, I will watch Hard Knocks every now and then. Uh, if there's like Obviously, with the Antonio Brown drama, this is just going to be delicious. But with... Some like last chance you. I've never been able to get into it because it's just like we. I, I'm almost happy to see that one guy make a roster, but you almost know. It's like this is just, this is the bachelor of football shows <laughs> where you you, you want to believe in the one guy and it's not going to be them, and then maybe next year. So I just I yeah I mean. I'll take your point in that, like, you kind of, like, fall for a guy, you know, he gets good coverage, he sees, like, a good, like, kid and whatever, he's doing his best, and next thing he's kicked out of school for, like, you know, stealing from another kind of classmate, or, you know, he was, like, he held someone to ransom via Snapchat, I don't know, so you have to kind of take the good with the bad, but I think it's, you know, entertaining at least. Okay. Uh, also, I don't have Netflix, so it's rather difficult to watch Last Chance You. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a bit of a kind of flaw in your plan. Yeah, but that's what I've been watching, really. Uh, what are you? Um, Anything to critique? So I did just... I uh, So I moved into my new place, like I said, uh, about a month ago. I've been slowly furnishing it. And in that time, I have been watching just a lot of Community, which is a about a 10-year-old show now. And is that a Donald Glover? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that is that is the rise of Childish Gambino, and it was surprisingly great. I was not expecting something as good as I got. I obviously, as shows tend to do later in the seasons, it was like, well, let's just get this over with. Um, very happy to see John Oliver, who I think is phenomenal and should be featured in more TV shows. Um, getting a little bit stale of his new show shtick i think yeah um it's a little repetitive and kind of like I, at this point i just fall asleep when i'm watching it but, he's had his own right yeah i think on tv shows he's very refreshing uh but yeah i thought that was very fun and okay i, I might was actually a, check it out yeah uh, a little concerned with how quickly i went through it not because of the it's not a short show i think i just had nothing to do for a while and that's more concerning yeah, but I mean, 
it's also the mark of a good show. Like there aren't many shows that you can just sit and you really and truly kind of gorge on and fly well, I, I mean, through. I th- it was one. Of, it was a. Sh- it's not a. It's not a Mad Men or a Breaking Bad where you're actually watching it. This was very much like The Office, in where you kind of had it on in the background. You're like, you can you can miss a couple of minutes, and you're not actually missing anything, usually. Yeah. So, anyhow, definitely would still check it out though. It's uh, I think it's on Hulu right now. I don't have that, but I can find a way. Totally legal. Totally legal. But I'll find a way. It's actually funny. Uh, the reason that it got canceled is because too many people were pirating it uh, oh. online. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's something ironic there. All yeah, right. Um, Do you want to talk about football? Sorry, producers. That's yeah, okay. let's move on to some uh, football news. Some big stuff. Big stuff. Yeah, so um, first and foremost, uh, AB, Antonio Brown, is still doing AB shit. This he, guy uh, is just... He is, he is the, the queen bee of the NFL, and I alternate between loving what he's doing and just being annoyed that it's constantly on top of everything. Yeah, I mean... He, I he think... is the Kardashian of the NFL. There he is. I got it. I'm labeling him. And it's not because yeah, he's black. I mean... This is like this is like the don't get cancelled podcast. Um cancel yeah. us. <laughs> we were self-funded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get where you're coming from. The whole constant drama thing is just wearing a little bit thin. Anyway, he filed another grievance over the helmet stuff after Earport already kinda got over it. But he did practice today, so I mean who really knows what's gonna go on. I, I mean, okay, so did you listen to so the Rich Eisen uh, rants that I think was released today? It was I think he was just doing his talk show. He's he made a good point. Like Antonio Brown used to be nothing. He was a guy from uh, in the middle of Florida who had like no scholarship offers. He was a sixth round pick. He really worked his way up, and he is one of the best talents in the NFL. And it's incredible his his journey that he's been on. But it's also incredible how he's completely forgotten who he used to be and how he got there and what he's doing right now. Yeah, so, it's actually, when you put it like that, sorry, just to jump in, it's kind of similar to, I don't know if you saw the uh, Conor McGregor thing where he punched an old man in a pub because the old guy like didn't want some of his whiskey. Right, yeah. And you know, that's, again, another kind of you know rags to riches for want of a better phrase. Where, you know, McGregor was, you know, kind of sharing a room with his girlfriend, like, living in his home house and, like, kind of collecting, you know, welfare benefits and stuff while he was kind of working on his MMA. So, and again, once you get to that point where you got all that money, you just sort of forget where you started. And I, I don't really know if it's money or what, what exactly AB's deal is, but it's just, if it's almost like he's seeing his own mortality in the mirror because he is 31 now and he's playing a position in in a high you know violence sport in a high contact sport where after 30 it's really difficult to continue doing what he's doing like really the only person who's done that has been jerry rice and yeah he's almost like staring at himself saying fuck i need to figure it out this is not like no matter what he's doing this is not the way to do it 
Like he he is still a premier receiver. He's still a premier player. He has really never been aggressively badly injured. So he's got that going for himself. Yeah. And the way that he's made his living, he's not he, he's a good deep threat in the way that he can get open, but he's worked underneath. He's been a technical route runner. He's got great hands. All of that can follow him late through his career regardless of how slow or not as quick he might get. I just don't understand why he's taking this avenue on a new team where he has a fresh start. We has a doc- especially when he has documented evidence of him being a complete diva at his old team later in his contract in his career. Why? What what is what is the benefit here? It's it's a helmet. And I, people are superstitious. I get it. Especially in football, they have like crazy amount of rituals, but this just doesn't feel necessary or right this feels like it just feels wrong yeah i mean at this point like there's like kind of so much i can read about it without you almost glazing over so i think going forward you know he's gonna play great but i'm gonna stop almost giving him what he wants you know the kind of the airtime the clicks the retweets the you know tweets whatever you know he's I, I can't believe he's doing it for no reason. I just feel like he needs to reevaluate the reason. And that's the the most difficult part for those of us on the outside to understand what this reason is. Yeah, um, I'm not because sure. It, as much as he might, yeah, he might pander to us saying, oh, it's because the new helmets don't give me as much peripheral vision or they're not as comfortable. It's like, that's not, there's something else that, that, that feels, that's too surface level. Yeah. And I have a hard time believing that AB is just surface level with how much he has put into this and how much of his life he's given to his career. So anyhow, that's enough on AB. We've got more personal issues on our own teams to deal with. Yeah. um, Derwin James is out for what, like three to four months. He has to get surgery after fracturing his foot, um, it actually sounds kind of gruesome, like, he had a screw in his foot from a kind of previous operation when he was back in college, and that's, like, somehow bent in his foot, so that's to be kind of taken out, it sounds pretty invasive and, uh, sore, so, uh, get well soon, Derwin, that's a huge blow for the Chargers, I mean, I'll probably talk about it more on the, uh, next pod, you know, when we're talking about the AFC West, but it's definitely almost typical of the Chargers, really, to be you know, kind of coming in again preseason. A lot of hype, a lot of people picking them for, you know, maybe to kind of get past the Chiefs, you know, maybe Super Bowl, AFC Championship, that sort of echelon, and then there's a huge injury again. Yeah, I mean, so fortunately, this isn't Hunter Henry. It's not season-ending. It's not as critical i would say now i mean the thing with derwin james when he came out of school was it was his knee right that was a knee injury not a foot injury i that's what people were more concerned about don't know okay so I'm, i might be totally speculating there but that i do know injury was a knock on him coming out and that's why he slipped all the way down to 17 and it's unfortunate because he is obviously one of the brightest spots of the entire NFL in his only second season. I mean, fuck, he was a, an all-pro first team as a rookie. That never happens. 
So it's it's definitely going to be a huge bummer. Um, hopefully, when he does get back, we can see the Chargers back to what they need to be. They did lose Jaleel Adai, yes? Yeah, we'll lose, like, let him walk, but yeah. Right, so, so you'd have to almost believe that if he was still on the team, almost as a third safety, they'd feel better about their position, so this will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, that puts a little bit more pressure on the uh, second-round pick, Nasir Adderley, to uh, be able to play... I did, forget, I did forget about Nasir Adderley. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I, I think... forgive that because, you know, he was kind of brought in as depth of the view to, you know, training him up, to making him something we can use, so it maybe puts more pressure on him to adjust to the NFL a bit faster, but it also gives him an opportunity, you know, we can come in and show that he can play right away, and that's a huge boost for him as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he's got, like, as awful as this is for Derwin James, this might be exactly what Nasir Adderley needs, and then you guys have your top two safeties for what, the next four years. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll see how that so, goes. Um, but again, we'll you know, deep, you'll dive into that more, sorry, on the next part and how it really affects the Chargers' chances going forward for the most of the regular season, at least. Right. Um, today, also, we got some interesting little uh, tidbits from Baker Mayfield on Daniel Jones. He was on the record supposedly saying that he was surprised that the Giants drafted Daniel Jones that high um, and then immediately went back and walked back on those comments saying that he was surprised that he got drafted number one overall and that the whole quarterback evaluation process is kind of goofy to begin with. What do you think about all this, Ethan? Um, I, I'm kind of in two minds. I do believe that the media will you know, quite often take quotes out of context in order to get clicks or to, you know, fabricate a story. But it's also not at all surprising that it's Baker Mayfield involved who loves to, you know, kind of speak freely, we'll say, and he's not afraid to get up there and say what he thinks, speak his mind, say things that people would say are controversial or outspoken. So, you know, if there was someone that was going to get in, not trouble, but, you know, be in the media or be in kind of the public eye for this it's going to be him right and and i agree i don't i don't think there's really any harm in saying this like okay so baker's what 23 24 years old he's gonna trash talk and he's on a team that's you know projected to be the winners of the division it's projected to have a huge year he's gotta he's gotta keep pumping up everybody else i don't know that this is necessarily the route to go um you know, you, you do want to support everybody else within this kind of NFL brotherhood, and uh, Daniel Jones really had no impact on this whole situation. He doesn't get the shoes where he's picked. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I kind of like the tenacity too. You know, fuck you, fuck yeah. everyone else. Yeah, you know, we kind of do complain sometimes that some of the maybe rivalries gone out of the sport, and I understand for a lot of them it is like a brotherhood, and you know, being in the NFL makes you part of a collective family, and that's true, but. I wouldn't be opposed to more players coming out and, you know, specifically mentioning, you know, a counterpart and saying, oh, well, they're trash or, you know, I can't believe they did this. There was something so interesting and so fun about that Josh Norman OBJ rivalry that happened a couple of years ago where it's just like, it was just awesome to be a part of and watch that. 
Like, no matter who, what fan you were, you were just like, this is what I'm watching because it's going to be something interesting. Now, obviously, two quarterbacks don't play against each other directly, but it's fun, you know? Like, it's... I, I, he, I don't even care if it... Like, they can be best friends off the field. Let's have a little bit of, like, fuck you, I'm going to be better than you, and your team is trash on the field. I love it. It's It just... It makes the whole storyline more interesting. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree, I think. Okay. So that's uh, that's it for kind of top-hitting news for this past week. Uh, we will come back to you next week with the third preseason game, typically the starter game. Uh, a lot of the starters will play beyond the first quarter and really kind of get dress rehearsed for the beginning of the season. That trend seems to be going away more so as teams seem to be prepping for less injured players and hopefully they kind of prepare the back end of the rosters, but still, you know, tradition dies hard in the NFL and hopefully we do see more starters play and we get real football. Yeah. We'll definitely see more than we've seen so far. So might give us more to talk about on that end. Right. All right. So main topic for today, we are talking about the NFC North. Um, my precursor for this, I would say is that this is largely the most competitive division in that, really you don't know who's going to come out on top yeah it's, i would it's, say it's up there outside of the afc west which really mostly the reason i say this as the most competitive is because you have to feel that there are three out of the four teams that could end up winning this division or be in third there's very it's it's difficult to rank them one through four AFC West, you've got your top two and then your bottom two. NFC West, same thing, top two, bottom two. This really feels it's there's just a lot going on here. Yeah, it's a bit of a bloodbath. Uh, so, so I guess we'll jump into Detroit first. Get them not out of the way, but you know they would probably be the lowest rung on the ladder. We'll say so maybe. Well, I mean we're we're doing this in the way that we've done others. We're doing it in reverse order of how they finished last season. So in the same way that I would like Green Bay to be the last talked about point, we're not going to do that. They're going to be second. Yeah. They didn't have a good year. It happens. Yep. All right. So with with, with Detroit, um, this is now the second year of head coach Matt Patricia. Yep. Yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> they went out on a free agent spending spree. They brought in a lot of people and for not cheap. Yeah, but I think they also kind of not had to, but kind of had to. I mean, they didn't have, like, kind of great draft capital. They had a pretty rough year last year. I think Matt Patricia was also slightly concerned that after a really bad first year, if he doesn't, you know, if he has another bad year this year, that's kind of, you know, he's going to be on the chopping block. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you on the draft capital. They were picking eighth. Uh, if you have a top 10 pick, you've got at least an A draft capital. So that's, that's my thought there. As, as for Matt Patricia, yeah, if you, he could worry about it. But I, knowing the Lions, they're not a team to reactively fire a coach after one bad year. This is the team that let Jim Caldwell piss away good years of Matthew Stafford and Megatron with eight and eight seasons and no playoff wins. They let uh, Jim Schwartz do almost the exact same thing. It's like they 
are not going to just fire Matt Patricia because he has a bad year. They know he's rebuilding this team, and they know they're playing in a competitive division with three or two above-average quarterbacks and one guy we're not entirely sure about yet. So, uh, it's just I don't watch the draft. So, uh. okay, so. <laughs> To talk about the Lions draft a little bit, and again, I, I apologize to our listeners for offering way more in-depth analysis of this division than I have with others. Actually, fuck it. I'm not going to apologize. I care more about the NFC North because that's what I do. Anyhow, the Lions had a top eight pick, and they took TJ Hawkinson, who I really wanted at 12 for the Packers. Um, but I understand that he was viewed to be the next Gronkowski. He's going to be around probably 12, 14 years in this league. But they had so many other needs. This team had zero defensive line help. They needed someone either off the edge or in the middle. And someone like Ed Oliver was still there. So I don't know why you take TJ Hawkinson when you could have a guy who's basically Aaron Donald light he could be the next Aaron Donald who actually knows on your team. I, I just don't, I don't understand it because Hawkins is going to take at least a couple years to develop. And they just signed Jesse James, who is not a star, but at least a serviceable tight end. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like good value, bad fit. Like taking it, it's fine if you need a tight end, but, it's, they didn't. They had other needs they needed. Yeah. They, need, they needed an edge rusher. They have no edge rusher. They didn't resign Ezekiel Ansah because he's old and broken. They There were a couple of edge rushers available at that point in time. I just... The pick doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And... This is kind of the reason why they're perennially viewed as number four in the division because they just don't outside of when they hit on Matthew Stafford, who was number one overall, or Calvin Johnson, who was number two overall, they really haven't had that many hits. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, their draft record's pretty poor. Although I do like uh, Kenny Galladay and Carrion Johnson. Which makes it all the more interesting why they brought in uh, C.J. Anderson. I mean, I, yes, but also... They brought in Anderson, but got rid of a uh, theoretic and Amir Abdullah, who are both like trash. They got rid of Amir Abdullah last year, and theoretic doesn't even play the same role as uh, C.J. Anderson. Like, why you could pay theoretic his admittedly high salary and not sign C.J. Anderson, and you have Carrion Johnson to be your one and two down back slash sometimes third down. And then Theo to come in, maybe even beside Carrion Johnson, you have a lot more exotic look there. C.J. Anderson is basically the same player Carrion Johnson is, and I think that that is silly. Uh, I hate Theoretic, so I'm going to disagree with you there. I think he's... Is, is that a fantasy thing, or is that like a... No, he just sucks. Is it... I disagree. I think he is one of the slipperier pass catchers out of the backfield. What? He has like five career touchdowns. What good is he? Dude, it's not about the touch. It's not about the touchdowns in this. If you're play- if you're a third down running back, your job is to get open and just be annoying. And I get it like that. I 
it's weird that I'm praising a Lions player, but because I see them all the more often, I respect that. It's no, I disagree. Okay, it's he has a thousand career yards. Not about, it's not about that. It's just it's almost even the threat. So I, I'm much more afraid of Theo Riddick on third down than I am about C.J. Anderson or Karrion Johnson. Anyhow, um, they haven't really they did address their defense again uh, in free agency. So the Packers cut Mike Daniels on the day, first day of training camp, which I was sad about, but also not sad about because the guy was not worth the amount of money that we were paying him. And here the Lions went and paid him that amount of money because they're stupid. <laughs> he's he's 30 years old and constantly injured not worth 10 million a year but they paid him that anyhow so they now have a slightly solidified defensive line uh with they also and they did sign in free agency uh trey flowers to a ridiculous five-year 85 million dollar contract yeah, that was huge jesus like you want to talk about a guy who hasn't produced you're talking Theo Riddick versus Trey, Trey Flowers. That guy hasn't done shit in terms of numbers on the stat sheet. This is what kind of Matt Patricia knows. Maybe he thinks he can get the best out of them. I'm not sure. I think this is more of a case of that football is 11 people versus 11 people, and you're not always going to be on the stat sheet, but you're going to affect the game in a lot more ways than you think. And so I, 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 I think that they overpaid Trey Flowers, but I agree that he's a phenomenal, that he is a game-changing player. That they, they knew they had to go get their guy. Obviously, he knows Matt Patricia well, and he plays well into within his system. So go get him. I don't, I don't disagree with that mentality. Yeah. We do so, records. All right. Yeah, I think so. We've sat on the lines long enough. Yeah. Um, I have them going five and eleven. I have them going six and ten. I think that I like Matt Stafford too much and Kenny Galladay too much for them to not win at least six games. Yeah, uh, they've got. I mean, obviously they were in last place. They've got a somewhat of a cakewalk schedule with. They've got the Buccaneers. They've got a game against the Cowboys, the Giants, the Cardinals, Broncos. Like they've got winnable games. I think it gets tough when you start talking about um, obviously the Vikings games with Chiefs, Chargers, Eagles. Yeah, I think um, you know we've uh, all like seen the- Matt Stafford be down quite big in a game, and you know claw back for either if you're betting a backdoor cover or somehow sneak a win at the death. You know we've all seen that film before, so I think given some of the talent they have on offense. And well, their defense isn't a total shit show. They have the capability to kind of win games. They probably shouldn't. Yeah. So I I see six and ten largely just because they're better than the bottom half of or the bottom third of the NFC. Yeah. But they've still got a long way to go. I think. All right. This is where the longest segment of the podcast is going to come in. Uh, we are going to be talking yeah. about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and I'll see the floor to you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to be as biasedly unbiased as possible. Uh, this is going to be. This is an interesting year. It really is. Uh, I honestly, God, have no idea what we're going to do. This is the first time in 13 years that the Packers have a new head coach. It's the first time Aaron Rodgers has a new head coach as a starting quarterback. 
and largely a lot of unproven or new players to this team. This is it's crazy. We I think we spent 168 million dollars in free agency in total contract worth, and we've never done that before. That's a lot. So. You signed. I, I mean, I think that getting someone like Adrian Amos is fantastic because he is again. He's not someone who's going to fill up the stat sheet, but he's going to be where he, he I needs to be. He's going to love Adrian Amos for the Packers. That's like one of the free agency signings. I was like, "Fuck, that's a really good get." So for me, a lot of people like this is a, maybe a Maddenism. Haha, Clinton Dix had a good rating, but the problem is when you watch the tape, he was ne- he was making splash plays but because he was in the wrong place, he lucked into a lot of what he was doing. And with a lot of big plays that we gave up, it's because he was not where he's supposed to be. And I would trade splash turnovers for giving up touchdowns any day of the week. And maybe that's just, me. um, yeah. Um, I, I, I it's not just you're going like, to give up a lot yeah, more touchdowns. I'd be inclined to agree. Yeah. You're going to give up a lot more touchdowns than you are going to get turnovers. Uh, Getting two edge rushers, I don't know if I necessarily think that the two of them are game changing. I think they're they're solid additions, but not you're not getting Khalil Mack. Like, <laughs> come on, uh, or Jadavian Clowney or JJ. Well, like I, I don't think either Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith are going to make that much of an impact. I think they're just an upgrade. Yeah, I mean you need that. the threat though, so it's not about you don't have to kind of knock it out of the park. You just if you improve in the position, that automatically improves your team. Sure. Um, and then we signed Billy Turner, who was essentially some no-name guard who was, has looked okay. Um, I think the contract there was a little ridiculous, but again, go get your guy. More than anything, this is going to hinge on uh, having a new play caller who is in the 21st century. Mike McCarthy forgot how to call plays that were beyond 1990 for the past five years and largely left everything up to Aaron Rodgers doing magical shit, and it worked a few times, but the past two years haven't, as we've gone sub-500 the past two years. So, fortunately, we've got an easier schedule, being third place in the division, obviously two games against the Lions. I think the Vikings are worse than they were last year, so that's good. The Bears' defense is still formidable, but... I think that that whole team overplayed to what it's supposed to be, and we'll get there. The 49ers are not good. They yeah. aren't. The Giants are terrible. The Redskins are terrible. The Raiders are terrible. The Broncos are average to terrible. Yeah, they're very meh. There's, there's, an, there's, there's opportunity here to win at least eight games. I, I, I don't project... It, it's tough because I, I think this is largely going to come down to tiebreakers. Um, and we'll get to that. But I, th- I think that this season and this year is going to be very telling for the final few years of the Packers' career or of Rogers' career. With the Are you predicting eight and eight? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> that would have been too good. I am predicting nine and seven. I think that, and go ahead and say this i think that the packers the vikings and the uh bears are all going to go nine and seven 
which is not necessarily an original concept. But that's, I that's what I'm saying. Actually, this is such a tip. Like, have I the same it's, thing. It, it, now it's it comes down to who wins the division because I think there is where everybody who says they're all going to go nine and seven is going to come off differently. Yeah. Um. So, I, I have nine and seven, but I was kind of tempted by ten and six. So I guess I'll go ten and six just to be a bit different. Um. Okay. I feel quite how you feel with you know. It'll probably come down to tiebreakers with the division. I just think that if the Packers can get their kind of base level and structure right, then they have the most talented quarterback in the division. So that you know he can you know they kind of if they play at a base level, then they have the highest ceiling because they've got Aaron Rodgers. If that makes sense. I it makes sense. The the biggest issue to me is that. For, he hasn't played in the preseason, which I understand. He has spoken at length about that. That doesn't matter. Yeah. But I still need to see his his chemistry with anybody not named Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams could go for 1,900 yards and 20 touchdowns and completely negate anything that I'm saying right now, and everybody else could just have an average year. But... I, for me to believe the way that this Packers offense is going to work, I need to see solid run blocking, which I haven't throughout the preseason. And I need to see Aaron Rodgers play a game and also throw to somebody like Marquez Valdez-Scantling or fucking Mercedes Lewis, who has been criminally underutilized. Or I would love to see uh, Equinemius St. Brown be a part of this offense because I think he'd be great. I would love to see that too, but I can kind of see, as a fan, you're not more pessimistic, but you're just trying to look at more kind of realistically, I guess, than I am. I could see this going both ways. I'm being optimistic that it's nine and seven. I don't see. I, I I'm just I, I just haven't seen anything in the preseason that makes me believe that this is going to work the way that they want it to. Yeah, I mean it's also preseason. But, okay, but with a first-year head coach installing a first-time offense, it's kind of like, is it working? If it's not working, then it's not working in preseason. What makes me believe it's going to work a week from now? Because it's preseason. Like, I, you can, I, like, you can say, yeah, like we should be seeing a science, but also we could quite easily just not. I mean, we're going to, you know, week one, we'll see it. It's... It's not, but see, that's the thing. Like, it used to be preseason with like with Matt McCarthy or Mike McCarthy. It used to just be okay. They know what they're doing. It's not a big deal. Now it's like, does the offense actually know what's going on, or is this just them feigning not what's going on? That's where I think the concern is. Yeah, I just don't think it's that deep. All right. Well, I'm just a very heavy-handed fan then. All right, nine and seven. You're saying ten and six. Yeah, I'm why still not? picking the Packers to win the division. I think it's just going to come down to a lot of funky tiebreakers. So, let's move on. On to the Vikings. Purple people eaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Vikings, I like, you kind of, before we recorded, I just had a look at, you know, who they brought in and, you know, any kind of changes and stuff. And it's just, like, a lot of the same shit. That team is largely the same as it has been for the past two years. They did lose Sheldon Richardson. Which, that's it. 
It's yeah. Literally, they didn't bring in anybody. They didn't. They, I guess they lost. Uh, Lat Murray. Murray, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of a miss considering Dalvin Cook's hurt all the time. Sure, but their running game was never really anything to scoff at either. Or I guess like look at and be awesome. Yeah, no, that's lie. true. But it, you know, you'd like to have someone rather than no one. They did oh, draft. But wait, uh, they I, brought I in Amir they... Abdullah. Wow. They brought in Amir Abdullah last season, though. Yeah, he's still there. So the, what that makes me believe that this team isn't any different. They drafted a, an offensive lineman in the first round for the first time in a while, which they finally understood that Kirk Cousins has zero protection. But rookie offensive linemen not named Quentin Nelson tend to struggle. Yeah. So I don't really know what they're going for there. This is a... You know, the Packers looked at their defensive line and revamped that. The Bears have a fucking awesome defensive line, so have fun with that one, Minnesota. I, I don't really understand what their, their thought process was not signing anybody in free agency. Yeah, but I think they are also just sort of stuck with their team. You know, they'd kind of given out so much money to, you know, players like Kirk Cousins getting all that guaranteed money, and they, you know, they paid Connor Barr... So Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, sorry. But I think then they were just kind of like hamstrung almost. They like kind of have what they have and they just kind of need to write it out for better or for worse. Sure, but like, I mean, other teams have found ways to make it work. They trade players. They, they do what they need to. I think here it's just overconfidence. In yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if they were overconfident considering how bad like they, they were went last eight, year. Uh, what, like 8-8 eight and eight last year? Something around that. Like, you know, part of me thinks that they somehow won, like, 8 games I, I and they didn't they're... look good in any of them. So, but yeah, but so part of me also thinks that, like, it can't get... Like, they can't... Oh, they can definitely do worse. Um, I have them 9-7. and seven. I think that realistically, they go 8-8 eight and eight this year. And that's my record prediction. Um... So, I think here, they so they still have a very potent offense. They still have, Kyle Rudolph is serviceable, if not, you know, yeah. above average for his position. I, I think I might have said that the top three teams to go nine and seven, but I'm changing my mind. I don't think the Vikings are that good. I think they're almost that good. Um, I mean, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are still going to do what they need to do. Kirk Cousins is better than Mitch Trubisky. He's the second, he's the third best quarterback in that division, I think. But I think this is a division with three top 10 quarterbacks or top 15. Sorry. Kirk Cousins isn't top 10. And I, I, I don't know. Hmm. I just, I think that this team and the defense is still good. Like they've got Harrison Smith is a top three safety for anybody who cares. Uh, the defensive line is still, I mean, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin are incredible coming off the edge. Uh, Eric Hendricks in the middle is going to make things easy, difficult. Anthony Barr coming back is going to make things a lot harder for opposing offenses. I just don't think that as a team yeah. they can really come together. I think more than anything, they're still riding the high of maybe I'm going to go the other way in that because they didn't, they the you know, NFC maybe there wasn't a huge roster turnover or too many changes. They're going to be kind of more together as a group, and 
I think they'll have a, you know, a year of Kirk Cousins betting in and you're working on schemes for him, kind of figuring out how to make him go with that team. And I also think there'll be a bit of regression from the final team in the division. So I think I can see them uh, skiing out a 9-7. and seven. Okay. Well, we're close, but I just I have a hard time seeing that team do as well. Okay. The Bears. Fuck the Bears. Uh, do you want to go? <sighs> or I can start. I th- okay, no. I th- my, my only starting point here is that some, some interesting news has come out about the Packers were so close to landing Khalil Mack. So close, apparently. But the Raiders were fucked up and thought the Bears would have a better pick. Like, legitimately. And, man, it's just like, I don't think that the Packers would have paid Khalil Mack the way the Bears did. Like, How do you build a team with the highest paid offensive and defensive player in the league? Like, you just can't. But That'd be a tough look. Just, I know, but could you just imagine? Fuck, that would have been fun. That's Madden right there. That's you, you, you. That's your top two picks, and you just figure out the rest of the roster later. Damn it. Um, anyhow, no, the Bears, I think, overperformed to their expectations last year. Their defense is undoubtedly solid and phenomenal, and it's only going to be more solid. I don't think it'll get better, if that makes sense. Like, they didn't add anything to make me say that they're going to be, you know, the steel curtain. They're not. They're not well, going to no, stop everything. They they're not going to be the eighty-five swapped, bears either. They swapped Adrian Amos for Ha Clinton Dix, and that's really uh, to me that's a downgrade. That, yeah, that's that, what that, I mean. That, I think that downgrade that's there cancels out like the uh, the growth in a year we see from like Roquan Smith. Let's say that. Um, yeah, that's fair. Their offense sort of got better with uh, so they offloaded uh, Jordan Howard to the Eagles which I think is a better fit for him anyway. And they picked up David Montgomery, who has apparently been just raved about in camp and through a couple of games of the preseason. I think the bigger thing they here is that, Patterson. that he's more special teams than actual receiver. So we'll see how that works out more than anything. I think that Mitch Trubisky so overperformed. Uh, he, he, there's nothing that he did last year that made me think he's going to be a good starting quarterback. He reminds me so much of a Ryan Tannehill, Jake Locker, like overdrafted and he had one good year and he'll ride this out forever. Like maybe he's the next fucking Mark Sanchez. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like really, they're going to go as Trubisky goes and I just don't think he can go very far. If you're going to bet on, your fortunes on Trubisky, like it's pretty scary. It's like you, you see guys even in their second year, like Pat Mahomes obviously is the exception to the rule, but he came in not having played basically any time and won fucking MVP. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL his rookie year, came back and is the goddamn star. Um, I think that Josh Rosen is maybe the kind of outsider in that group, but there are so many, you know, there's, there's so many examples of quarterbacks who come in in their second year obviously he's in a new system but his team really hasn't changed that much 
I, even in college, he just did. He didn't look like a world beater. He didn't win all that much. He was a. I don't. I don't know. I just don't. He he's never impressed me with any of his physical abilities throwing the ball. I think running, he's better than the average. But he yeah. doesn't have a phenomenal ball placement. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. There's just everything about him screams just above average and solid, if unspectacular, starter. And in a league where offense is the end-all, be-all of how teams define their success, you need to have a phenomenal quarterback, and he's just never going to reach that plateau. Yeah, I mean, when you're kind of getting up to the better teams in the league, you know, where the Bears are you know, being talked about or where they're supposed to be, you can have to ask the question, you know, like two minutes, you're done, six. Do you really have any faith in Trubisky to bring you back? And here, I would say I have more faith in Matt Nagy as a play caller than Trubisky as a player. And that's, I think, what scares me the most about the Bears and what would worry me as a Bears fan. You never want to be in the like you want to almost have faith you want to be the Chiefs. You want to have faith in Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid to call a good play, but also should that go south, your quarterback can just figure it out. And I don't think that we have that combination. Yeah. Now the other Achilles heel of the Bears is the fact that their special teams has been so god awful for the past couple of years. They need a new kicker. Yeah, I heard uh, Carly Lloyd's pretty good. Yeah, she's out here hitting 55-yard field goals like it's absolutely nothing. And quite frankly, I would love the Bears to give her a call because not only would that be the story of the fucking century, but I don't know. I think it would would significantly improve their team. Yeah, it'd make it more fun. (laughs) They'd actually be a real team. They wouldn't be two-thirds of the team. So Yeah, I mean, that'd be some kind of change to go from the double doink to, to a, uh, Carly Lloyd. To a, what, two, three-time world champion soccer player? Uh, I don't know. At, least, at two, least two. Probably three. Probably three. Um, yeah. Bears, give Carly a call. She's going to be an upgrade over whatever the hell you're trotting out there. Some freshman with a thumb up his ass. Uh, it's just... Uh, you you have to like kicker. There are a dime a dozen kickers are everywhere, and how you haven't figured it out yet is yeah. baffling. All right, records. So, all right, I have the Bears going nine and seven. Shocking. I think it's uh, what they went. Tw- they went. Yeah, I think I said that they went twelve and four this past year. I, like I said, I think this is an over prediction or an overestimation of their talent. They're playing a first place schedule now, which is even harder, and. I don't know. I just see I, I see regression back to the mean, and they come in second in the division. The Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? Bull. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. I have them 8-8. Eight and eight. I see a kind of further regression based on their improved schedule and just a like, lack of improvement from Mitch Trubisky. I just think 
they maybe surprised a couple of people last year with the ferocity of their defense and you know, people maybe not knowing what to expect, but I just think that in a tougher division now where you know the Packers should be kind of back firing on full cylinders, I think then that's kind of more games they might actually lose. So, uh, yeah, 8-8. Eight okay. eight. Who do you have winning the division? I know you had both the Vikings and the Packers going 9-7. and seven. This is this is big for my ego. No, I had the oh, Packers, okay, Packers going 10-6. Look at that. We're in agreement. This is the right decision. <laughs> um, yep. well, cool. Okay, so uh, best, worst edition? Um, best edition, not really a whole lot was added to the division, strangely enough. Um, I don't. I, I like the addition of Trey Flowers, but as a homer, I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur as the coach because I am just ready to see something different yeah. from the Packers' offense. Uh, isolation routes and Aaron Rodgers running yeah. around five minutes trying to get uh, trying for someone to be open has become very stale. So from a pure watchability standpoint, I think this is going to be a big plus. Yeah, um, I went with Adrian Amos because I think if you look at it in that, I know the Packers got rid of HaHa last year, but you know they kind of took, although he was a free agent, they took Adrian Amos from the Bears and they replaced him with HaHa. So it's like, you know, kind of taking away from your rivals and them downgrading in that okay. position. So not only just the kind of benefit to the Packers, but also it's weakening, you know, your kind of rival in this no, sense. I like that. I was, I liked that we signed Adrian Amos. I was confused when Bears signed to HaHa. Um, but anyhow, uh, what about your worst, worst edition? Look, that's their decision. Um, Amir Abdullah. But just because I think in a Vikings team where you can probably bet Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt, I would want someone better than him and his uh I'd one want year somebody who isn't also going to get hurt because Amir Abdullah has the same fucking problem that Dalvin Cook does. Yeah, that so, yeah, that he be, got divorced after fair, a year. So he uh, is largely a plug and play in the sense that like they're this they're very similar types of players, but like you'd almost be like, I'd rather have a less quality good running back who isn't going to get hurt behind him. Anyhow. Um, I'm going to go similar vein. I'm going to go C.J. Anderson. I know I said this when we were talking about the Lions. I think it's silly that they're paying him a couple million dollars to back up Karrion Johnson when they play the same fucking role. And you've clearly designated Karrion. Like Karrion Johnson hasn't gotten the injury label that Dalvin Cook has. So there's no reason to believe that you need uh, C.J. Anderson when you... Zach Zenner has proven himself to be serviceable at times, and Theo Riddick is still a complete threat out of that uh, field. So yeah, I mean, like I, I don't we've discussed this already. I think you know you're. I get where you're coming from. I don't. No, I understand like your points. I just don't. You think entirely I'm agree, but that's uh. You think it's silly. Beauty of football. Yeah, we've been talking for far too long. Sorry, this I said it wouldn't be long, and then you know life happened. So. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, yeah. One more division it's left. The NFC North. Yeah, one more um, division. And yeah, then fucking season. Ariard's podcast on Twitter. Ethan L five five. Quackatoa. No chips and quack. Or no. Um. What? I, I met chips and quack. I, I'll I'll tweet more. I promise. 
Yeah. Um, shout out Kevin Blue. Uh, shout out next week, AFC West, uh, for 16 days of football. Yeah, we'll be wrapping up with the AFC West next week. And then after that, we'll literally be talking about real football for the first time in a year. What, or what feels like a year. It hasn't been a year, but yeah, I'll hold my God. Uh, bad maths. Yeah, yeah. all right. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. It's ready to go. See ya. Bye.